Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. You know, I was born as a very literal person, and I would imagine there's no one in this room any more literal than I am. I'm right up there with the best of us, and my mantra my whole life has been, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, show me the money, honey. That's been my mantra uh, my entire life. And that's all good when, when we deal with this world we live in. You know, you need to have contracts. You need to make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed. Uh, you, need, you need to really make sure and process things. But here's the, here's the problem. When it comes to God, operating with God is totally the opposite. It's totally the opposite. You have to believe it before you see it. That's that was really hard for me. That was one of the most difficult changeovers that I've ever had in my life. So I'm about a year old as a Christian, and I'm reading a book, and the, the, the writer of the book is talking about prayer and using this thing called faith, and he's teaching out of this verse, Mark 11:24, and it says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, I, I, loved, I loved two parts of this. I love the fact it would be yours. That means your prayer would be answered. And I loved whatever you asked for. It's ambiguous. It's like, I, I, that's, that's very broad. And I was really excited. And this guy's teaching on this in the book. And then the part that I never even heard, never understood in my life was, believe that you receive it, and then you'll have it. Translated, it's saying that when you pray, you have to believe God gives it to you at that moment. And then it shows up. So he's saying it won't show up unless you believe God gives it to you when you actually pray. So you have to know what the Bible promises and all that. Well, you know, as a young Christian, we all make mistakes, right? So I'll never forget how excited I was about this. And I typically go too far when, when something like that happens, you know. And uh, so in my first church, I'm on a committee for our church picnic. I just volunteered and said, I'll help get the picnic ready. Well, a forecast came out saying that there was a 100% chance of rain. And so they called a committee meeting, and we're in the meeting. They said, it's going to rain Saturday, so we have to pick a new date for the picnic. But I'm sitting there, I'm one year old as a Christian, and I read a book, and I told them, you know what, guys, I heard that on the weather report, but I prayed. And I said, I believed that it will not rain, and I asked God for it not to rain. And they looked at me and said, you're crazy. And I said, no, no. And I showed them Mark 11, 24, Whatever you believe for, whatever you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive it, you shall have it. I said, see, I believe it. It's not going to rain. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy, and they're saying, we need to change the date, and it is going to rain. And then there's always a smart aleck in the group, right? Uh, typically, it's me, but there was someone else that day. So he says, he says Joe, he says, what if a farmer who's a Christian, what if he prayed for it to rain? Which one of you is God going to answer your prayer? So I, w I was a smart aleck, and I came right back, and I said, both of us. I said, he's going to make it dry the whole picnic, and then right after the picnic, it's going to rain for 12 hours when none of us are at the picnic. And the pastor was sitting in the back of the room. Finally, he stood up, and he just said, he said, hey, change the date. He says, you guys figure out when, when you want to change it. He said, Joe, come with me. And so I'm on a walk of shame, which was one of many. And uh, so we're walking, and the pastor said, Joe, he goes, you can't control the weather. I said, but I can. I said, Jesus said, 
if I can believe it, I can have it. And I said, besides, Jesus spoke to storms. He'd say, storm, or, you know, peace, be still, and storms would stop. And I said, uh, he said, the works he did, we can do also. I said, I, I, can, I can pray and ask God for it not to rain. And he just looked at me and said, Joe, you're taking that out of context. You're not able to do that. I said, Pastor, it's, it's not going to rain. Don't change the date. And uh, so he walked away shaking his head. Well, that Saturday came, and guess what happened? It poured all day long. So I'm full of shame. I'm, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed to go back to church. But the worst part of it, here's the worst part. I was upset with God. God let me down. And I was really upset with him for letting me down. And uh, I didn't pray for years. Finally, I went to Bible school, and our first two weeks were orientation. And they made us watch this series called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. And as I sat through it, I realized, oh, I was in foolishness, I was in presumption, and it set me free, and I began to walk with God with this thing called faith. I, I want to welcome you. This is a new series. It's titled Faith for the Fight. This is lesson one. We'll have three lessons. And you and I live in a world where we have to really stand our ground. That's why we titled this Faith for the Fight. We have an enemy we can't see. Uh, we live in a body that wants to sin and do all kinds of things the Bible says we shouldn't. We're constantly being pummeled by this crazy world that we live in, and God wants you to be able to stand. And that's why we're going to just talk about this incredible thing called faith for the fight. And my goal is to help you understand it more clearly than you've ever understood it. And as I think about faith, I think about my walk with it as a literal person. It has been a journey. And I hope today I'm going to be able to set all of us free and bring us to a really incredible place. Listen to Hebrews 11.6. It goes like this. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Now, everyone in this room that's a Christian, you've already pleased God because you believed in Jesus. And that's what it means when he says you must believe that he exists. But then it goes on and it says that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. That's referring to all of us in this room as Christians, believing that when we pray, God hears it, he, God wants to answer it, God wants to move on our behalf. And in order for you and I to walk with God, we have to use this thing called faith. Now notice what it says. It's impossible. It cannot be done. You and I cannot please God unless we walk in faith. So today I want to begin to help you understand this thing called faith. Now many of you are like me. You have had faith failures. And in lesson three, I'm going to do my best to help you understand how to deal with a failure when you pray. I'm going to do my best to try to help you understand how to recover from it and keep going and keep growing with this thing called faith. So every time I teach in my heart, here's what I want to do. I want you to walk out understanding one point more clearly than you've ever understood it. And here's what I want to help you understand in this lesson. Faith is your sight. I want to help you understand that this thing called faith is literally your sight. Now listen, listen to me very carefully. If, if you're a Christian, you're a three-part being, all right? When you accepted Jesus, you're, the real you, your spirit, it was, it was recreated. It was born again. But you are also a, a soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotion, and you live in a body. Now, your spirit is shaped just like 
your body. It looks just like your body. That's the real you. It, it lives inside your body. So your spirit has feet. It has hands and arms. It has a head. It has a mouth. It has ears. And guess what? Your spirit has eyes. And God wants you and I to begin to walk out of our spirit eyes instead of these eyes. And we're going to talk about that today. I want you to understand faith is your sight. And I love this quote from Joel Houston. The quote goes like this. Uh, hindsight is 2020, faith is zero, zero. And can we all agree that hindsight's 2020, guys? Um, after we walk through something and we look back, you know, you can say, man, if I would have took a left turn instead of a right turn, everything would have been cool. And, you know, like last night, I think, man, if I would have said this to Gina instead of that, I would have had a great night. Hindsight's 2020. It's 2020, guys. Um, but listen to this. Faith is zero, zero. Now, when it comes to these eyes, faith is 100%, zero, zero. You cannot see it out of these eyes. But if you look out of these eyes, it's 20, 20. Now, listen to this. A couple years ago, I, I obtained my concealed carry. So I bought this little Smith & Wesson shield. It's a nine millimeter. And that's the only gun I, I own even to this day. Uh, but our head of security here, Bill Bohack, he wanted to take me trap shooting. And I had never went skeet or trap shooting in my life. I never shot a shotgun in my life. So I'm just used to handguns, getting used to them. And uh, Bill said, come to my gun club, the Vienna Gun Club across from the Youngstown Airport. So I did, and he had this beautiful shotgun he inherited from his father. And he brings a friend with him, and they're giving me all the tips, the safety tips, you know, <clears throat> do this, do that, don't do this. <clears throat> and then they, sh they showed me how to shoot trap. That clay pigeon starts going, and they, sh they told me about the timing and everything. So I had a box of 25 clay pigeons. I take my first five shots, and I only hit one out of five. And I'm really frustrated. And Bill's trying to help me. His friend's trying to help me. And I'm telling him, my gun's right where it needs to be. My timing, I'm pulling the trigger. It has to be the right time. I don't know why I'm missing. So Bill asked me a question. He said, what's your dominant eye? And I said, I have no idea. What is a dominant eye? He says, everybody has a dominant eye. So he, he had me do a test. You can do it right now. You extend your arms. You go like this with your hands. You find any object, and you put that object inside your, your, your hands like this, just like that. And then without thinking, you just bring it back to your head and it always goes to your dominant eye. So mine went to my left eye. I found out my left eye was dominant. So because I'm right-handed and the sight on the gun, uh, I, I, I can't see it with this eye. Um, Bill just said, Joe, all you have to do is close your dominant eye and start using your less dominant eye. And I tried and I can't. I can't close this eye without this eye closing. I don't have muscle coordination somehow. So Bill says, I have a solution. They take off my shooting glasses and they tape my shooting glasses and they put them back on and now I can't see out of my dominant eye. I can only see out of my non-dominant eye. So he said, let's try it now. Let's try it now. I had 20 clay pigeons left. Do you know that I hit 17 out of 20? It was amazing. And Bill, Bill said, you're a natural. And I said, I'm going to train for the Olympics then. I'm going <coughs> to do traps. <laughs> no way, right? Uh, but here's what happened, guys. In order for me to be able to hit that, I had to close my dominant eye. Listen, in order for you to walk by faith, you have to close these eyes. Somehow you have to close these eyes and start looking out of these eyes. These are your dominant eyes because you've used these your whole life. We all understand 
our five senses. And we need to. We need to use them in this world. But when it comes to God, somehow you have to close them and start living out of these eyes. And that's what we want to talk about today because faith is your sight. If you don't learn to live out of these eyes, you're not going to be able to connect and interact with God. So let's take a look at the definition of faith. It's a pretty cool definition. Uh, it's out of Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it says, Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. So two, two phases. Take a look at the first phase. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for. So here's a great example, all right? I am convinced as a Christian that when I die, I will go to heaven. I'm convinced. I've never been there, but I'm 100% sure. And I guarantee you, all of you that are Christians here, if I said, hey, when you die, where are you going to go? You're going to say, I'm going to go to heaven. Uh, why? Well, because by faith, you are sure that heaven's there. Even though you've never been to heaven, you're sure that it's there. And it works like that with every part of the Bible. Listen to the second half, though. It goes like this and, and gives us proof of what we cannot see. So you can't see it with these eyes, but you see it with these eyes. So, for instance, I was not there when Jesus died on the cross. But I'm telling you, it's as if I were. I am convinced that he did. I wasn't there when he was raised from the grave. But because I can see it, it's in the Bible, and I believe it, I see it with these eyes, I am convinced he was raised from the grave. I'm convinced that he's the Son of God. But I didn't see it. I didn't see any of it happen. Well, that's because I'm looking through these eyes. And every one of you in this room that's a Christian, you have already done that. You're, you are actually living by faith. Now, here's what we want to do. We want to expand it, and we want to begin to live that way with all of God's promises. So here's one of my famous, favorite promises in the Bible. You ready? You know the Bible teaches us that once we accept Jesus, he made a promise that everyone in our household would become a Christian. That's an incredible promise, man. So I have stood on that promise, and I said, God, I'm going to hold you to that one, and I thank you that every relative I have is going to become a Christian before they die. And some of them are tough. Uh, they do it on their deathbed, but they do it, and, uh, and that's awesome. And, and, and what am I doing? Faith is my sight. I'm believing from here. I am, I'm going to hold that promise. I'm going to do everything I can in prayer and promise to believe God that every relative I have is going to meet Jesus because I want to hang out with them all through eternity. And I'm sure you want to do exactly the same thing with your relatives. So how are we going to do that? Well, faith is our sight. Listen to this one. 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Now the word good, it is, it's the Greek word kalos, which uh, just simply means, they say the best way to translate it in English is better. So take a look at this. If we translate it as better, it, it goes like this. Fight the better fight of faith, which means there's two choices. There's maybe multiple choices. But what's the best choice when it comes to you dealing with the enemy, when it comes to you dealing with that sin that's trying to attack your body and get you to do things you don't want to do? What's the best choice when it comes to prayer? He says faith is the better fight. So fight the better fight. Now, when I was 18, I had these buddies. One, one guy's name was Joey. He lived in Boardman. The other guy was Jimmy. He lived in Poland. Jimmy was a Golden Gloves boxing champion. And uh, we're at Jimmy's basement on Friday night. We're going to go out. And Jimmy and I got into this huge argument. I mean, we just got into this crazy argument. So Joey says, why don't you guys put on the gloves? Because Jimmy has gloves in his basement. Yeah. And he says, why don't you fight this out boxing? 
And, and I, I lit up. I said, yeah, Jimmy lights up. And he said, yeah. And I thought I could kill him because he weighed 150 pounds right around there. I was 205. I was in great running shape. I was in great weightlifting shape. I didn't have extra fat on my body. I, my cardio was exceptional at the time. And I just thought, I'm going to kill you. And Jimmy has this smirk on his face. We put the gloves on. Uh, Joey had a three-minute timer. He puts the timer on. The first round, I'm trying to hit him, and I'm missing every time. And every time I miss, he's killing me with punches here, body punches. By the end of the first three-minute round, I could hardly move. The second round begins, and here's all I did. <laughs> he beat me. He pummeled me to a pulp. Now listen, listen. Boxing was not my better fight. But if we would have got into a street fight, I had him by 50 pounds. I was stronger than him. I was in better cardio than him. I would have grabbed him, taken him down, wrestled him. I don't know, did something. I could have beat him. But I didn't fight my better fight. Now, here's what's happening to you and I. The enemy is pummeling us like Jimmy pummeled me because we're trying to fight him in this realm with these eyes, and he's pummeling us and we're exhausted, and we can't beat him, and we can't handle him. And what God's saying is, hey, faith is the better fight. That's the one that you're created to do because God made you to live by faith. He made you to walk by faith. And it reminds me of David. He was King David, but this is before he was king. He's just a teenage boy. So think about this. He's a teenager. The Philistine army attacked Israel. So Israel's standing here. The Philistines are standing here, and there's this beautiful plain, and here's what's happening. There's been no battle yet. The Philistines had this giant. His name was Goliath. And he walked out every day. He looked at the Israeli army. He said, hey, and he's, he's over nine feet tall, Goliath. He says, send your best warrior out. Him and I will fight. And whoever wins, the other nation will become your slaves. So if I win, you become our slaves. If, if your man wins, we become your slaves. And everyone in Israel was shaking absolutely shaking in their boots. King Saul, the Bible says he was taller and stronger and, and, and fit more than anyone in Israel. He was shaking in his boot. And I can see why. If you're looking through these eyes, who wants to fight Goliath, right? Well, David is watching his father's sheep and his dad said, hey, take your brothers on the front line, take them some pizza. So he, lo he loads the pizza delivery. Uh, it was bread and cheese, right? That's pizza. So he takes it, he takes it, he gets there, throws it in an oven, puts some garlic on. We have white pizza, right? So his brothers are eating. They're excited to see him, man. And Goliath comes out. Now, David hadn't heard Goliath yet. He doesn't know what's going on. And Goliath comes out and says, send your best guy and whoever wins. And David's reaction was amazing. It was a heart reaction. He reacted this way because he knew God and he knew what covenant he was in with God. So when David heard Goliath, here's what he said. He said, who's that uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? And his brothers looked at him and said, shut up, David, and go home. You're just a show-off. That's what they said. It's in the Bible. And, and David said, no, he's an uncircumcised Philistine. Why are you guys whipping out? Now, if, if you know the Bible, you know what that means. Circumcision was the sign of their covenant with God. So translated, here's what David said. I don't care how big he is. He's a baluk. That's what he is. And I'll tell you what. He said, I'm in covenant with God. We're in covenant with God. God goes before us. God goes with us. God's behind us. God's got our back. God fights for us. I'm not going to go out there and fight him with these muscles. I'm going to fight him with my God on my side. And his brothers are just saying, you're crazy. You're just a punk kid. But King Saul heard him. And King Saul said, 
I recognize confidence when I hear it. He said, hey, he said, yeah, go fight him. He said, here's my armor. And David looks, the best armor in Israel, best sword in Israel. And David says, he goes, you know what? I'm going to use my face sling. He takes out this little slingshot. He calls it his face sling. And Saul said, what are you going to do with that? He said, let me tell you, Saul. I was watching my dad's sheep. A bear came to try to get one of the sheep. I picked the sling up. I put a stone in it. He said, I began to swing it, and God took over, and it went crazy, and then the rock came out. Today, we'd say like a missile hit the bear, and it died. He said, a lion tried a couple weeks later, did the same thing to the lion. And he looked, and he said, I'll do the same thing to that uncircumcised Philistine. Saul thought, Saul, you got confidence. Go, go get it, boy. Go get it. Go get it. So David goes out there, and he's just no, no, no sword, no spear, no armor. He has this little sling on his belt, and Goliath sees him, and Goliath says, what am I, a dog? that you would send this little runt out to me? And here's, here's what he said. He looked at David. He said, today I'm going to cut your body into pieces and feed it to the birds. Now, if I was David, I would have ah! <laughs> I'm going back to the sheep, right? I, I don't know about you, but that's what I would do. But he knew his covenant. So here's David's response. It's short and sweet. He said, Goliath, today I'm going to kill you and cut your head off. Isn't that crazy? So Goliath comes running at him. David takes his uh, his faith sling, puts a little rock in it, goes, boom, boom, God takes over, hits him in the head, he falls back, David gets Goliath's sword, cuts his head off, goes like this, Israel goes crazy, Israel charts Philistines, Israel beats the Philistines. And it all happened with a little guy who said, faith is the better fight. Faith is my sight. And he knew his God, and he knew his God would back him. That's what I want to help us see in this lesson today. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. So listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Faith is always connected to what did God promise, what did God say. And I love this because... We walk, but we don't walk by these eyes. That would be sight. We walk by faith, these eyes. Faith needs to be our sight when it comes to interacting and walking with God. And there are many of you here, you've been pummeled. This world's pummeling you. It's, 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 it, it's getting you down. Life sometimes just knocks you back. And we're going to have problems if we live in this world, but we need to respond to them with this thing called faith. That's the only way... We're going to overcome the promises uh, or, or the problems of, of this life. So there's another guy in the Bible. His name's Abram. And God comes to Abram when, when he's a heathen. He's an idol worshiper. He doesn't know the living God. But it's so cool. God picked him out of all people. He just picked him out and said, Abram, I want you. And that's what God's done with everyone in this room. That he, he, he picked us out and said, I, I want you to be my child through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. And he comes to Abram and he says, I'm going to make a great nation out of you, and I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham, which means in Hebrew, father of many nations. And so Abraham believes in God, and God says, you're going to have all these kids, and you're going to produce a great nation. Here's the problem. Abraham was really, 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 really old, and so was his wife. But there's another problem. When his wife was young, she couldn't conceive. So we, got, we have that problem. We have age. So listen to what happens. Romans 4.18. Uh, it, it says, so when God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation. Abraham believed God, even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. Why? They're too old. She could never bear anyway. So he's saying in the natural it couldn't work, but I, I'm believing God. Can you imagine God appearing to him just face to face, so to speak? Saying, 
I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He said, well, I'm going to believe that, God. Listen to the next verse. It's pretty cool, verse 19. And because his faith was strong, he didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100, and that Sarah's wife at 90 was also much too old to have a baby. Think about that. He didn't worry. That means this. He didn't deny reality. He didn't deny that he was 100, Sarah was 90. He didn't deny it. He just said, I choose to believe what God said because God can work miracles. And so think about it. Think about this. A 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman having a baby. Well, I'll tell you, don't think about it, all right? Now, 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 don't, don't think about it. Just don't. You know, my wife is, she sees everything in pictures, and I don't know why, if, no matter what you talk about, I can be eating, you can talk about the grossest thing. It, I, I, I see everything in text. I see text, that's all I see. I don't see pictures when someone talks to me. And so uh, that's why I could sit in a lecture. I can sit in a classroom here, an hour and a half lecture, and enjoy every second of it. But my wife's really visual. So I've gotten to a lot of trouble saying things at the wrong time over the years. And I just look at her and say, well, that wouldn't bother me, you know, and it never works when I say that. So let, let's, let's take a look now. Verse 20, it says, but Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew ever stronger. And he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was well able to do anything he promised. This is really, really amazing. Do you know it took years and years and years? Sarah's taken pregnancy tests, and they're, they, they're negative and negative. After years, it's amazing. He had no child, and guess what? It says here his faith and trust grew ever stronger. Isn't that amazing? God wants to grow us to the place to where our faith will grow ever stronger. Now, for some of you that have had faith failures, listen very carefully. Lesson three, I'm going to talk about how to overcome faith failures, and I'm going to help you out. It's going to be a life changer too. But, but I like this part. It says he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. I believe that's really what kept him strong, and I want to help you understand this. Listen very carefully, because faith is your sight, right? I don't want you to make some mistakes that I made. And when I was a young Christian, mainly I'm, because I'm literal, I turned everything into a formula, you know? I just made everything a formula. So when I read something like this, I just said, if you just keep praising God, it will happen. And so praising God makes it happen. No, believing makes it happen. Uh, listen, here's what Abraham did, and this is what I've learned to do. You know how you pray for something and then you get thoughts in your mind like it's never going to happen. That happens with my relatives, you know. And I'm praying and believing for them to accept Christ. And then I run into them and sometimes they'll say things to me like, I'm never going to do what you do. I'm never going to become a Christian. And so you can be a little discouraged at that point, right? And, and uh, so when those negative thoughts hit me in any area, here's what I do. I just take a moment and I begin to praise or thank God that what he promised and what I believe for is going to happen. I just use it to fight negative thoughts. It's not a formula. And I really think that's what Abraham did. You know, Sarah shows him the pregnancy test and says, hey, it didn't work, Abe. And, and so Abe, Abe walks away. He encourages her, and then he walks away and doubts all over his mind. He just listens and says, God, I thank you that what you promised me is going to happen. It's, it's not that that's making it happen. It's not saying in a million times it's going to make it happen. It's believing in here. And that's just something you do to keep your faith alive and knock out all the crazy stuff that comes our way. You know what that helps me do? It helps me walk in joy and peace. And that's what God wants you to be able to do, walk in joy and peace. So here's my goal today, right? You ready? 
Faith is your sight. Can, do you see you have another set of eyes, guys? And I want you to begin to walk in, that, in those eyes and with those eyes at a higher level than you've ever done before. Let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I have done my best to teach this part of the Bible and I thank you for this awesome group of people that are in this room, Lord. And You know, all of us are here because we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to go further in you, Lord God. And you said it's impossible to walk with you without faith. And So Lord, we want to keep growing in this thing called faith. Some of us have been in it a long time. We just want to understand it even better. And Lord, we, we, wanna, we just want to walk in peace in this area in our life. And we want to have a faith relationship with you. So Lord, I thank you as we bow our heads and we pray. Thank you for opening up our hearts and understanding even further in this area. Thank you for the next two weeks as we open this up even more, Lord. So guys, just stay in that attitude of prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, maybe you came today and you say, Pastor Joe, I don't have that surety about heaven, about Jesus. I, I, I'm not sure if I died, if I go to heaven. I'm not sure. Well, I can tell you then there's something you haven't done. And I can help you right now do it. So as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, listen to me very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you, did you grow up in a church? I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, but I'm not asking you that. I'm not asking you uh, if you're atheist or agnostic. Listen, listen, here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made a decision in your heart to say, Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe that, and I make a decision today to follow you. When I did that, the lights went on. I was 19, the lights went on, and I've been just following Jesus ever since. Not perfect, made a lot of mistakes, had some down days, but I always knew I'm a Christian God's my father and heaven's my future home. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that, but I'm ready today. I believe my heart's, my heart's excited about Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can you help them out? Just say this after me. Uh, say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I, re I repent for all my sins. And, and this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died God raised you from the dead, and this day I make a decision to accept you and follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.